there is a limit and a longing to all of us. And that interaction between the limit and the longing defines our human condition, really. We are finite creatures, that is our limit. And yet, this finite world does not satisfy us. Isn't that curious? We're finite, the world's finite. Surely, surely it should fill us up, it should satisfy us. And yet, no, we have a longing for what is beyond our limit. The prophet Haggai wrote to the Israelites in the 6th century BC, and it was a strange kind of in-between time for Israel. They had returned from the Babylonian captivity, but they hadn't exactly returned from exile. Exile is only truly ended by the coming of the Messiah. Places like Jeremiah 31 made that clear. Um, Also, Ezekiel chapters 34, 36, and 37, they are all about this. The fact that the exile is only ended when the true King David, the great shepherd of the sheep, the Messiah comes. And then he will bring in the new covenant that will bring a true homecoming. But the people before then are still kind of in exile. And so the people are in this in-between time in Haggai's day. God has acted. He's brought them physically back into the land. But they're waiting for the Messiah. They're waiting for fulfillment. And so the people had an experience that's something like our own. They, like us, were waiting for the Messiah to restore all things. And they, like us, felt their limit and their longing very keenly. The prophet describes their experience as one of constant frustration. Haggai 1 verse 6, You've planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. There's work, there's food, there's drink, there's clothing, there's money, but it doesn't satisfy. It's what we chase after day by day, but these are the things that are are, are like... uh, A bucket that's just running out of water and you can't fill up on it. It only ends up disappointing you. But Haggai tells these people the solution. The people must invest in the messianic future. They need to, in their own day, they need to rebuild the house of God. Chapter 1 verse 8. According to chapter 2 verse 3, it won't be a patch on Solomon's old temple. But in another sense, it will be more glorious than Solomon's old temple because Christ himself will come to it physically. Let me read to you from Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The Messiah is the desire of all nations, and he will come to the temple. Malachi, another of the minor prophets, also foretells this. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 1, he prophesies that the messenger of the covenant will grace the second temple with his presence. So Malachi calls him the messenger of the covenant. Haggai calls him the desire of all nations. But that title is such a beautiful title, really, for Jesus. Christ is the desire of the Japanese, the Argentinians, the Fijians, the Swedes, the Kenyans, those from all ages, all backgrounds, all nations. All our longings are met in Jesus. And you ask yourself, who could possibly satisfy the world's thirst? Think of all the different cultures of the world today. Think historically of all the different peoples down the ages and and how different they've been. What kind of person could be the desire of all nations? Well, historically, it has simply been true that Jesus has found adherents from across the world. 
Mongolian farmers, Tanzanian mothers, Brazilian millionaires, Russian peasants, Moroccan merchants, Jesus has satisfied and continues to satisfy the longings of the world. Nothing else truly slakes our, our, our thirst. We know that. And yet he draws the worship of all peoples. And every day he attracts more and more people to his magnetic personality. He came to that temple in the first century, the temple that Haggai was concerned about. And he fulfilled the desire not simply of the Jewish peoples, but as they rejected him, so he rose up again, offered himself to that same nation and threw them to the entire world. And he has been satisfying more and more people every day since then. You know that work and food and drink and clothing and money, you know those things do not satisfy, but Jesus does. Isn't that incentive to draw near to Jesus today? Today, taste and see that Jesus is good. He is the fountain of living waters. He is the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Shepherd of the sheep, the Messenger of the Covenant, the desire of all nations. Mm-hmm.